Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. May was Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. A new historical fiction novel released during May tells the story of two Japanese Americans and their tumultuous path to survive childhood after the bombing at Pearl Harbor, the incarceration camps in the U.S., and the bombing of Hiroshima. I recently talked with Kent and Connie Matsumoto about their new novel, Of White Ashes. Unfortunately, I think a lot of, of that time period is lost or, or glossed over in, in, in history books in the school system because um, I've had a generation of students coming through here at the university that are surprised to learn that, there were, <laughs> that this happened um, during that time period in World War II. So it's, there are obviously gaps somewhere in the educational system when it comes to our, our own history. So. Jeff, you've, you've actually hit one of the themes of why Connie and I have written the book, and that is not only to honor my parents and the many Japanese Americans who have suffered these particular sides of the war, the, the atomic bombing and the incarceration, but also to educate. And that is we aspire to have this book part of a curriculum in schools, ideally, mm-hmm. or at least carried in libraries. So it's, it's an option for um, people, people, students of history and people in general, to learn about this period in history in a fictionalized way. The events, of course, are very true and very grounded in historical accuracy. The stories, my parents' stories, are fictionalized, as I said, but you uh, indeed hit the nail right on the head with what our big audacious goal is for this book. Mm-hmm. Your, your new novel is Of White Ashes, and it is considered um, a historical fiction novel, but as you've, as you've just mentioned, it, it is um, it based on the experience, again, of your, uh, of your parents having actually lived through it and being able to experience it through someone that actually lived th- through this. Was this book a cathartic process, or was it also just need a need to educate and learn from our past what what was the motivation for for the book jeff it was not a cathartic process um, as i understand the words but it has been a great learning for me as well as an opportunity to learn more about my parents lives um i'll turn it over to connie in just a second here because my parents, Jeff, never really spoke about their war years. We, myself and my brother and sister, would ask on occasion, but my parents were very, were not forthcoming about what it was like for them. Probably because of the trauma. Probably they didn't want to burden us. Perhaps it was cultural. Perhaps it was generational. But when we set out on this journey, and Connie is the one who, as an outsider, she married into the family, was able to learn more and more from my parents than we kids ever were able to learn. That's when I developed an appreciation, a deep appreciation for what my parents' lives were like back when they were going through these times in history. Uh, kind of, um, if you will, set the stage for us. You, 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 you have this main set of characters um, that are Japanese Americans that are forced into this dark period, unfortunately, of, 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 of American history. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of lay out the story for us. Sure. We, 
attempted to tell the story um, in a way that it's the experiences of Kent's mom and his father, his mom, a 10-year-old girl on the island of Kauai in, in Hawaii, his father, a 10-year-old boy in militaristic Japan, also an American citizen, both American citizens, to weave a story that we imagine it might have felt like for them to go through major events, the death of a parent, the loss of education, the, um, the bombing of the island next to you, the bombing of the city where you live, the unjust incarceration of people based on race, the arrest of a father the day after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and then how they survived those experiences and with great love and affection in their hearts to the United States, they went on to live terrific lives with notable careers and raise three great kids to love this country as much as they do. Uh, the book is structured along the timeline of the major events, and it, it spans a period from 1939 to 1958. Was it difficult telling the story and walking that fine line between between fact and fiction and crafting this this story? No, it wasn't difficult because the the major events are the underpinning of the structure of the book. And we had some very rich resources to draw on. We had the research that we did, both in Hiroshima and in this country, um, over 100 sources. We've traveled where Kent's parents walked and stood and walked where they walked. And Kent's mom wrote things down. And so we had a very rich family history that she had put together. And then our challenge was to create a story that was fictitious in, in a way that, because we didn't know the exact things that they did every day and how they experienced certain things. It was more what they experienced. So our, our job was to craft scenes that would express how they may have felt about it and to move through those events that way so that the reader can feel like they're this 10-year-old girl or this 10-year-old boy or a 16-year-old as things unfold. From what you were able to to find out in your research and, and from, from, what, um, from what Kent's parents um, were able to relay of, in, to whatever degree that, 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 that they did, what was that experience like? I mean, was there, obviously they were both young children at, at that time, but was there a stigma associated with that coming out of that period of time and, and what some would call reintegration into, into normal society? Um, I guess got to imagine that it was a difficult period. Yes, 
It was, but more so for the West Coast Japanese Americans as they returned home from the camp. They were not it. They were not welcomed in a friendly way, and the camps that they were in in remote parts of the country. They weren't in a camp like that when they went back to California, but they were in neighborhoods, which if you would call that an encampment, a neighborhood or an encampment together because they were not welcomed back in the general community of California, Oregon, and, and Washington. Kent's mom did not experience that. She was from Hawaii where few Japanese Americans experienced the camp. They remained behind to protect the, the economy of Hawaii. They were integral to the sugarcane um, industry there. And so had they all been taken away from Hawaii and sent to the mainland and incarcerated, it really would have decimated the Hawaiian economy. But she didn't experience that. Um, in Hawaii, she lived with so many different cultures and races and um, really appreciated and, and loved that about the island. Kent's father, when he left Hiroshima as a 16-year-old to come to the United States to finish his education in Sacramento and live with a host family, he didn't experience that either. He was welcomed to his high school in Sacramento, and he found um, resources there to help him learn the language and to understand what it means and feels like to live in this country. And after completing high school at the age of 21, he then enlisted in the U.S. Air Force and, and served in the U.S. Air Force during the Korean conflict. So he always very much felt welcomed and valued his citizenship as, as an American. In, in writing this story, um, was your, and obviously you know, you, you've got a cast of characters and you're you know, advancing the, the plot, but in writing the story, did you, was there anything that surprised either one of you in, in terms of the, of the research or how the, the storyline um, fell into place in light of the experiences and, 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 and everything else that you um, took in in the creative process of, of, of writing this, this story? Jeff, there's a particular incident that stands really stands out in my mind, at least, and I think Connie would agree during the research. We, in, in addition to visiting the actual places, we also went to museums. We went to the National Archives in Washington, D.C. And the um, archivist there pulled out a bunch of boxes for us when we identified the, the last name. My mother's maiden name is Odate, O-D-A-T-E. And so she pulled out my grandfather's um, boxes and, that included the family. And in those boxes, these are kept by the U.S. government, there was the actual arrest warrant that the FBI issued uh, when they arrested my, uh, when the FBI arrested my grandfather the, the day after, the day after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. These were declassified documents, by the way. But it was, it was very emotional 
not in the um, heart-wrenching sense, but in the sense of awe that we were holding a piece of paper, the actual piece of paper that the FBI issued uh, and my grandfather was presented with the day after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. That particular incident is the one that stands out most in my mind that, that we came across during the research. Yeah, mine too, Jeff, because um, the backup for that document was a, a notation in the file that hit the FBI dossier on Kent's grandfather, who was a, a Buddhist minister, had been completed in July of 1941. And so, you know, we knew about the arrest firsthand from Kent's mom. She experienced it. But that was the story. This was, this made it somehow very real and really stunning to have validation that yes, all of all of the, the ducks were in a row for hundreds of of Japanese um, nationals who who came to this country and were leaders in the community, first generation, to be arrested immediately. And it probably, Jeff, won't be a surprise to you that because my grandfather and other Buddhist ministers and other officials were leaders in the community. That's why they were targeted by the U.S. government for surveillance. We were talking earlier, and you hit upon something that, that or you mentioned something that, that uh, I wanted to follow up on on, on, on again, and, and that is the the understanding of the educational aspect of this. I think, as I, as I mentioned, we have some college students that come in here um, that aren't aware of this particular part of of our history, or maybe it was a paragraph in a chapter on on World War II, um, and so it's been reduced to something that's not not necessarily tangible. And it seems like it's it's such an important part of of our history, especially now as we look at at race and race relations and identity and and inclusion and equity and and all the buzzwords that are fly around these days. That that this indeed happened and that even though this is a fictitious uh, a novel it is it's you know still represents a part of a part of a part of our history and how important especially kent is is, is that to you indeed jeff I, I, we we didn't intentionally set out to have the book coincide with de and i efforts diversity equality and inclusion efforts. But the timing worked out that way with the awareness of DE&I in our country. And what we did, though, target is the May, this month of May, mm-hmm. at the American, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And we wanted our novel to uh, launch and be released in May, the 1st of May, as it turns out, because of the timing of, of the, the month as well. It, we also wanted to make sure that we raised awareness to the racial, I'm pausing here only just because I want to be clear in what I'm saying. We, we are not out to be activists or any movement, but rather to raise awareness. Now, some people may equate the two. I think the methods can be, we can disagree on, but 
we do want to raise awareness. We do want to increase the opportunities for students, as I said at the outset of this conversation, to learn more. We also believe that learning through a, a work of fiction is perhaps more acceptable than per a dry historical book filled with dates and numbers and figures and whatnot. So we gave that a lot of thought, both the fiction versus nonfiction, the timing of the release, and then how we wanted to portray what is in, in our books, and I think in any book, is an injustice. Mm -hmm. The incarceration based solely on race, as was the case with my mother. And then for my father, an American citizen, who, yes, uh, went to Japan as an infant, but experienced the bombing, the, the world's first uh, one of two nuclear bombs. And here we are today, faced with bombs that are multiple times more powerful than what was dropped on Hiroshima. So the, the thought of what an atomic bomb could do today is even more horrifying, and we wanted to raise awareness uh, for that as well. I always find it interesting um, when talking with authors uh, about creatively what 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 sparks the interest and what motivates. Obviously, clearly, there's uh, you know, a definite motivation in in this book. But in in terms of of the creative process, um, did the was the opportunity there, or was this something that was just kind of in the back of 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 your minds that, that this would be a, a you know this might actually be a, a good a good book to write. Jeff, the um, idea and the inspiration for this book was uh, happened over 27 years ago when Kent and I were on our first date. So if we rewind the clock, he and I were at the Baltimore Museum of Art at a Dale Chihuly exhibit, the famous glass blower, and there was a precursor exhibit of Dorothea Lange photography mm -hmm. and for your listeners who aren't familiar with her she's a famous photographer who photographed um, despair and, and and destitution in the united states the, the dust bowl the depression and she was also hired by the u.s government to photograph the japanese american incarceration but mm -hmm. through the lens of look how good this is for our country which was a real problem for Dorothea Lange. But anyway, I was standing there looking at this photograph of a little Japanese American girl with a tag around her neck, which had her new family number, holding a suitcase, waiting to go off to camp. And Kent came up behind me and said, that was my mother's story. And I just thought that was remarkable because like your students, I had learned very little about this when I was in school. And a few hours later, we're having lunch, and then he told me about his father's story. And so, as Kent mentioned a little earlier, sometimes it does take an outsider to see the uniqueness of a family. And as I came to know and, and love Kent's parents and asked them about their experiences, that the idea that this should be a book became um, more urgent. And we actually tried several different pathways to have a, a book uh, published, but not by us. We had introduced Kent's parents to a nonfiction writer who was very interested in the project, and Kent's parents were not interested in talking to him. We uh, were together. They had agreed to meet him 
and they were at our house for lunch and Charlie was talking with them about how the book project might unfold and, and they changed their minds and, you know, let's just eat lunch. They did not want to talk about it. And then we attempted to have a documentary made. We had met a documentary film producer in California who was very interested in the project, had assembled a crew, was all set to go, and Ken's parents said no. And so the years ticked by, and it wasn't happening. And in 2017, we decided that we would do it together. I closed my business and devoted myself full-time to the project. Kent was working then. He's still working now. And But we, we collaborated on this book, and, and we've brought it to life on our own. And we hope that we've done it in a way that would make Kent's parents proud. I always find it interesting in, in, in terms of uh, looking at the at, at at the titles of the book. So, Of White Ashes, I'm, I'm guessing there's a, a meaning. There that. is. Yeah, there is, Jeff. Kent and I heard on, so O-N, White Ashes, for the first time at his mom's funeral. And there is a, um, a Buddhist um, phrase called On White Ashes. And it says, though in the morning we may be radiant with health, in the evening we may be white ashes. And so it resonates with the, the Buddhist belief in cremation. And at the end of the day, after cremation, all that's left is white ashes. And that was written back in the early 1400s. And I thought it was so beautiful. And then we heard it again. Like Ken's father's funeral two years later, his mom died in 2016 and, and dad died in 2018. And so thinking about a title, we felt that they had survived death experiences in so many different ways. Um, the death of a parent um, surrounded by death in Hiroshima. And those experiences formed who they were. And... Um, were a part of them, that the trauma was a part of them, overcoming the trauma was part of their experience. And so they're not on white ashes, they are in our minds of white ashes. As folks that, 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 that pick up the book and, and read about their trials and tribulations as they move through this um, journey, what do you hope that, that readers take away from the story? We hope that they better understand the historical events. We hope that they have a, a better appreciation for the danger of things repeating. And we really hope that the story will reach and inspire hearts and minds. Our, our country is, is very divided right now. As Kent said, the threat of, of nuclear war is, is heightened. Mm -hmm. And so we hope that by reading a book like this, someone may consider being a little kinder, a little more open to differences around them, and a little more um, emphatic about holding government accountable for stopping nuclear war. A lofty goal, but maybe it can happen one reader at a time.
That's our hope. That's Connie and Kent Matsumoto. Their new historical fiction novel, Of White Ashes, is out now from Apprentice House Press. With this edition of In the Author's Voice, I'm Jeff Williams.